0: Stories with Nancy Grace. We are in a verdict watch in the case of the State versus Socialite Gillaine Maxwell. She's facing about seventy years behind bars for what? Sex trafficking, little. Girls, That's right. She comes over the pond, hooks up with a multimillionaire, Jeffrey Epstein, and starts procuring young girls for him under the guise of massages, raping, and other sex attacks on the girls. Right now, this case is in the hands of a jury. First of all, take a listen to our friends at CNBC.
1: Maxwell was given about an hour to decide if she wanted to take the stand in her own defense. She eventually stood up and told the judge, Your Honor, the government has not proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt, and so there is no reason for me to testify. The defense wrapped up its portion of the case this afternoon after calling witnesses over the last two days. Today, one of those witnesses included one of Jeffrey Epstein's former girlfriends, Ava Dubin, who remained a long-lifetime friend. She testified she never saw Epstein engage in inappropriate conduct with a minor. The defense has repeatedly called into question the memories of the four alleged victims in this case, and yesterday they called a memory expert to the stand. She testified that memories can be fragile and that they can be manipulated. In cross-examination, the prosecution pointed out that out of the 150 criminal cases that this expert has testified, all but one have been for the side of the defense. Other witnesses included former employees who say Maxwell was demanding but well-respected and never saw any inappropriate contact between her and any minors.
0: Well, that's interesting because the former butler of Epstein's Palm Beach mansion said he saw many, many, many young girls there, often topless at the pool, and that several of them were underage. That's in direct contradiction to what the defense is bringing on. And, you know, I got to go before I even introduce the guest straight out to longtime friend and colleague, Wendy Murphy, former child abuse sex crimes prosecutor, professor regarding sex violence law at New England Law in Boston. You know, Wendy, when they, the defense, tried to say that, well, none of his friends saw any appropriate activity. Well, what do you think he's going to uh, rape a young girl on the living room table? table uh, at the coffee table <laughs> in the uh, den. Uh, D- uh, of course, nobody sees it. That's why it is so insidious is because it happens behind closed doors. Of course, they don't see it. Yeah. Every child yeah. master I've ever known, all of his friends are like, what? No. Yeah, it does happen. Oh, yeah. And, and what a common
2: and ineffective defense tactic to say, well, this person didn't see anything and this person didn't see anything. If I'm a juror, and this is how my jury Jury felt When that kind of argument was made, um, they literally would say to themselves, well, what difference does it make that that person didn't see anything that nobody alleged that that, that person did see something? So who cares that they that they're claiming they didn't? What? Yeah. It's not just. It's not just that, of course, the crime happens in secret because the guy's trying to cover up what he's doing. Of course, it's happening in secret.
0: We're not talking about a smash and grab on Rodeo Drive, as they call it. We're talking about child molestation. And as a matter of fact, a very long, long pattern of child molestation by billionaire Jeffrey Epstein and his henchperson, Perv, Ghislaine Maxwell. Take a listen to our cut A-10. This is Martha Kellner with Sky. Prosecution lawyer Alison Moe said
3: Maxwell ran the same playbook again and again. She groomed them. She caused deep and lasting harm to young girls. It's time to hold her accountable. Annie Farmer's experience at Epstein's New Mexico ranch, prosecutors said, was typical of his and Glenn Maxwell's abusing. This picture of her at her high school prom was taken the same month as that trip when she says Maxwell gave her a sexual massage. Her teenage diaries in which she writes about being weirded out by Epstein's behaviour, evidence says the government of classic grooming techniques to which Maxwell was an accomplice. Laura Menninger delivered the rebuttal for the defence. She said these accusers had stories to tell about Jeffrey Epstein and decades later they inserted Ghislaine Maxwell. They each filed a civil suit and they took home millions, but their stories have changed dramatically over time.
0: The defense is arguing that the now adult, then child molestation victims have changed their story. The only thing that's changed is that now they're being questioned about Ghislaine Maxwell. Very often when they were questioned at the time... The questioners were asking about Jeffrey Epstein, who thought to ask then about Ghislaine Maxwell. With me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. Again, we are in a verdict watch here on Crime Stories with me, you just heard her, longtime friend and colleague, renowned attorney Wendy Murphy, Dr. Teresa Gill, highly respected professor of psychology, psychotherapist, and author of Women who were sex abused as children. Wow, is that not on point today? Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, and star of another new hit series, Body Bags, with Joseph Scott Morgan on iHeartRadio. But first, to CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Jackie Howard. Jackie, uh, thank you for being with us across all the headlines. It's as if it's the harbinger of doom, a death nail of sorts for the state's case. I'm reading day three deliberations, no verdict. That is entirely untrue. Okay. Number one, the first day of deliberations would have been Monday. Assuming today is Wednesday. Am I okay? Good. All right. It's Christmas time. Santa's busy. Day one deliberations was Monday, Jackie Howard. The jury heard closing arguments all day. Then they heard instructions from the judge Reading them verbatim, which is required under case law. You can't just ad lib the law to the jury. You gotta read it in the black and white. They heard jury instructions to the jury about the law, which they are up to apply to the facts of this case. Then by the time they got the case to start deliberations, it was almost the end of the day, Jackie. They went home. So Tuesday, yesterday, was really their first full day of deliberations. They left around 5 p.m., and they're coming back for day three, technically, of deliberations today, Wednesday. Is that correct, Jackie?
4: That is correct, Nancy. The uh, jury will begin deliberating again today. And as you said, their first full day looking at this case, they asked the judge to review testimony from the women who had accused Ghislaine Maxwell of setting them up for sexual encounters with financier Jeffrey Epstein. Now, remember, there are four victims that have testified in this case. Only one of those victims came out under her real name, Annie Farmer. And all of these women, across all of these women, rather across their testimony, have accused Ghislaine Maxwell of setting them up for sexual abuse.
0: You know that's really interesting the way you put that, Jackie Howard. And you're absolutely correct. They're saying that she, Ghislaine Maxwell, quote, set them up for sex abuse. Now, I like the way you said that, Jackie, because that is um, common vernacular for what the state is alleging that she procure them, but what, the way you said it, I hope the prosecutor said it just like that. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Dr. Teresa Gill, doctor, to procure and to groom a young girl. What does that mean?
5: Um, Well, what they would do is they would send Gailene Maxwell out to parks. They would send her to school playgrounds. And any perpetrator will tell you within 15 seconds, they'll pick their victim. And they pick the victim who looks isolated, who looks alone, who looks like they don't have a group of friends. And what she did is she talked with them. She was kind. She was uh, listened well to them. She had a sense of humor. She brought them to the movies. She asked them about their lives. She asked these women, which mostly were poor. Some of them have histories of child sexual abuse. Um, and she asked them, what are your dreams? And then she promised them that she could help fulfill their dreams. Uh, in fact, during the sexual exploitations, part of the discussions as Epstein was abusing them was, talking about what their dreams were and how he could make sure that he got those for them. Um, So she befriended them, the one named Jane, she actually said, I'm like your older sister. So here we have kids that feel isolated in the world, they feel alone, and she presents herself as somebody who's like the older sister that can relate to them in the present and offer them a much better future than they would have if they didn't have her in their life. And so she um, aligned with them, and then she groomed them and presented them to Jeffrey Epstein to be sexually abused.
0: Dr. Theresa Gill, joining me, you know the way you said that almost made me start crying, Uh, just thinking of these young girls. You know, Joe Scott Morgan, Professor of Forensics, uh, (laughs) we've seen so many child molestation and rape cases and very often we see the pattern. The victim, as Dr. Gill pointed out, how many seconds? You said 15 seconds. And there is evidence that Ghislaine Maxwell would actually troll playgrounds in New York. And in New York, uh, the, the playgrounds are different than they are in many other places in the country. You can be riding along four lanes of traffic one way. The streets are one way there. And right there across 20 feet of sidewalk would be a chain link fence. Sometimes they paint the the fence green, but there right on the other side of the chain link fence, on the other side of the sidewalk, is a playground of sorts. It's usually asphalt, like um, there'll be asphalt with a basketball goal or with park benches or a place for them to kick a ball. You can see the children from the street as you drive by, and there is evidence that Ghislaine Maxwell will be driving by in a big black limo, order the driver to stop and get out and go start talking to a girl she spotted. As Dr. Gill said, in 15 seconds, they've identified their victim. Joe Scott Morgan, my question to you is, over and over we see the same pattern, that the children that are selected to be child rape victims child molestation victims are the most let me say fragile the most vulnerable they're from a single parent home the mom is working all day the mom wants what's best for her child but doesn't get home till five or six or later at night from work doesn't know exactly what the child is doing in the afternoons and relies on the child to tell her Why is that? We see it over and over, Joe Scott. And that's the case here.
6: Yeah, it is, Nancy. And, you know, one of the striking things about this, we keep talking about grooming in this in this sense. Uh, You know, when, when we think about this from the perspective of violent street crime cases that you and I have talked about and that we've worked, actually, when it involves sexual assaults, we think about somebody hiding in a dark alley and reaching out to somebody and grabbing them and then attacking them. The sexual assault that's, you know, in I guess in scientific parlance is in an acute phase where it's very violent and it's right there and there's evidence left behind with the grooming. You identify the weakest among the group, those people that are very violent. And, you know, the thing about it is from a forensic standpoint, there's there's no evidence, really physical evidence. You know what I'm saying? You like, mean like you know, sperm, that we, bruises? Exactly. Hair, hair, all these things that we examine. So you, you've got this long timeline. And that's the thing I'm really worried about here. Uh, Nancy, with with this with this jury, you know, because people want to see hard evidence in criminal cases, and the fact is, is that you're not going to have these physical presentations, you're not going to have these scientific outcomes that we commonly look for in these cases. So this is reliant upon this 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 timeline and these stories that are being put forward, this narrative of grooming and how all this takes place.
0: Guys, we are talking about. The Ghislaine Maxwell federal trial going down right now. We are in a verdict watch in the case of the state versus Ghislaine Maxwell, a millionaire in her own right, flies across the ocean from Great Britain, where she is. Educated at the very best schools, rubs elbows with the poshest, most uh, wealthy and educated people in Britain. She comes here after her father's death and latches on to Jeffrey Epstein. What did he see in her? Not only is she very attractive, but with her social graces, her education and her knowledge, her connections to rich and powerful people, she was his ticket to, let's just say, respectability. But behind that very thin veneer is a woman, according to prosecutors, that procured, got, trolled for, young girls for Epstein to... Abuse. Right now, we're in a verdict watch. We are waiting as the jury deliberates this case. Will they fall for the defense tactic that these young girls, now grown women, are motivated by money or they quote, misremembered what happened to them? I mean, straight to you, Wendy Murphy, former high profile prosecutor, now professor. Wendy, Second verse, same as the first. Please, they're claiming. What do all crime victims have to be nuns and priests and virgins? Because if that's true, then we're all in trouble. I think I can speak for everybody here that we're all in trouble. If you have to be a nun, a priest, or a virgin before you're deemed worthy of being a victim in our jurisprudence system, Wendy Murphy.
2: Sadly, there is uh, there's a culture in these kinds of cases where some jurors might uh, be willing to discredit someone based on how they feel about their lifestyle or their responsibility. I mean, the good news in this case is that the three primary victims... Who were underage were too young to consent. So we didn't. uh, Thankfully, blissfully, we didn't have to hear from the defense about how they uh, did it willingly and they were, you know, responsible for what happened to them because they were children. Let's just talk about it the way they're children. They're not just minors. The 14 years old is a child. The fourth victim was over the age of consent. She's not one. She's not involved in any of the direct charges, but she was a corroborative and supportive witness. And the fact is. They did have some weaknesses in their testimony, but I never had a case where my witness didn't have some kind of weakness because a witness who always tells the same story time after time is the the witness I'm worried about, that that their testimony sounds pat and too perfect. Real witnesses, real victims, sincere, honest people don't always get the details perfect. And I think the jury's going to understand that here. Plus,
0: come on. All four of them had false memories. I mean, that defense witness is a joke. Oh, you know, they're saying, uh, Wendy Murphy, they're saying misremembered. I was questioning earlier today on air, is misremembered, can, can, Pearl, can you look that up, is misremembered actually a word? My husband says no, but they're saying that the girl, that the ladies now misremembered, all four of them, as you point out, and were motivated by money because some of them tapped into the victim's Fund that was, you know you're in trouble when you have to create a multi-million dollar fund for all the victims you've molested. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Take a listen to the third victim on the stand. This is our cut A2. This is Martha Kellner, Sky.
3: The third accuser on the stand was a woman testifying under only her first name. Carolyn wiped tears from her face as she told the court that Jeffrey Epstein started abusing her, aged 14, beginning with massages at his Palm Beach mansion. She also said Ms. Maxwell had inspected her naked body. Carolyn said she felt my boobs, buttocks and hips and said, you have a great body for Mr Epstein and his friends. Carolyn told the court she gave Epstein over 100 massages, all of which would end in sexual contact. She also claims she told Ms Maxwell about her dysfunctional family life. I told her my mum was an alcoholic, said Carolyn. I remember telling her my grandfather molested and raped me from the age of four.
0: And uh, to Dr. Teresa Gill, professor of psychology and author of Women Who Were Sex Abused as Children, Mothering, Resilience, and Protecting the Next Generation, to Dr. Gill, this young girl, so vulnerable, her mom, an alcoholic, single parent home, and the grandfather, raping her and molesting her since age four. And she confides that to Epstein, yet he goes ahead and molests her with the help of Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, they both got a burn in hell. There's really no other alternative, Gil.
5: Well, the interesting thing is when the victim told uh, Ghislaine about her history, she said that she smiled the Cheshire Cat smile, meaning that she knew that that was a safe person to bring under her wing and to groom and to bring to Epstein. And she also said that for Epstein, the more uncomfortable and the more damage he saw in you, the more that he enjoyed it. So um, these were predators that had no empathy and that had no conscience and um, it took advantage of these girls and from what I know of working with um, women who have been sexually abused as children that it impacts them for all their life and even my book is about it's not just their life it impacts it impacts how they take care of their own children and it interferes with the next generation Um, so they've done a lot of damage and my hope is that the court and the jury sees this and she's able to get um, what she deserves in terms of um, responsibility for what she's done
0: you know to jackie howard joining us crime com investigative reporter jackie you stated that the jury had questions they came out with questions on three different occasions and i made copious notes regarding that what was it about 10 a.m uh bear with me jackie i'm digging through my notes okay At first, around 10 a.m. yesterday, Tuesday, they asked for the transcript regarding Annie Farmer, Carolyn, and Jane. Okay, Um, that was at about 10. Around 3 p.m., they wanted the interview notes, the FBI 2007 interview notes with victim Carolyn, and at 4.30 the jury asked if they could consider the Annie Farmer testimony. Hold on, Jackie. Um, To you, Wendy Murphy, they cannot consider Annie Farmer for sex abuse because I think she aged out. But the judge told them, Judge Allison Nathan, that they could consider her testimony as far as having girls travel to different locations such as um, Palm Beach, New York, um, New Mexico. And the judge said, yes, you can consider her testimony as it relates to conspiracy. Explain that in a nutshell.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most uh, important witnesses in the sense that she's not part of the charges per se, but she is... um, a corroboration witness. She's someone who, if the jury believes her, her testimony can be used to support and corroborate the testimony of the victims who were underage and are part of the three primary charges. So there were three primary charges involving the three Mm -hmm. primary victims, Mm -hmm. and then there are three conspiracy charges related to those primary charges. That's where we get the six charges from. But we have four victims, and that's because this fourth victim, um, although she's not part of the primary charges is a a very important witness who experienced the same kind of behavior and everything she has to testify about everything she did testify about is consistent with the pattern of the conspiracy the pattern of the enticement and the trafficking and the transporting of underage girls she was a witness she was also a victim Um, and so her, her testimony is very important and you know it's to me the, the the idea that the jury's reviewing the victim's testimonies i know some people said oh that's good for the defense i don't agree with that at all i think one of the reasons juries look at testimony again and again is because they're debating whether one of them said something and someone says no mm-hmm. i didn't hear that so they're just they're just discussing what they recall testimony can be lengthy and complicated it doesn't mean they have any doubts about what they heard and and, you know for me the money issue is the big one the big oh they all got millions of dollars yeah but they got the millions of dollars long before the investigation of maxwell so that has nothing to do with them wanting to lie they're not going to back retroactively not get the money or get extra money that's that's a done deal and you know for the defense to characterize Ghislaine Maxwell as like, uh, you know, Alice on the Brady Bunch. She was just managing the houses that he owned is so preposterous that I think that turns the jury off. She, there's no innocent explanation for her role. She got paid $30 million to, to manage a, a couple of houses. No, you don't get $30 million to manage a couple of houses. You get $30 million to be a pimp, to be a trafficker, to be a conspirator with Epstein in this massive scheme to abuse and severely
0: destroy the lives of many, many, many girls. Not just these three, many. You know, Wendy, I think you're... Yeah, jump in. Joe Scott, what I was going to (laughs) say is, and jump off this, Um, I think Wendy's right. I mean, it's like reading the tea leaves, okay? Have any of you seen Harry Potter? Because I've seen it a million Hmm. times. Remember, there was the... um, I wish I could remember her name. The professor that... You would, she could read the future and she'd so, show people a cup of tea leaves and they were supposed to figure out what it meant. That is what it means. That's what it's like to guess at what the jury's really doing based on their questions. But I do agree with Wendy. Uh, the fact that they asked to have a victim's testimony read back, not just one, but several of the victim's testimony. It could be something as simple as, well, I think she said this. And the other one goes, no, I don't remember that. Well, let's hear the transcript. After about an hour discussing it, they go, okay, let's have a read back of the transcript. I think that's most likely what happened. I think that it is not helpful for the state that they wanted to hear the FBI interview of one of the girls where she did not mention Ghislaine Maxwell at the time. But I think it's very helpful that they come out and say, hey, can we consider this victim, even though we're not considering guilt or innocence, can she be used to show a conspiracy? And the judge says yes, she can. I think that's a very positive fi- sign for the state. Jump in, Joe Scott. Uh,
6: yeah, to Wendy's point, one of the you know how I talked about the absence of physical evidence mm-hmm. like we yeah. normally have from a forensic standpoint. But you got to break that it, down, Joe Scott, when you say physical uh, evidence. Well, what you we're, we're not going to have you know we're not going to have biological evidence like hair and fibers and you know semen and, and DNA. But in this case, one of the things that's very that's very striking um, is the fact that we're trying to establish, or they, the prosecution is trying to establish. This timeline. And when you begin to think about, let's pull this one little piece of evidence out here. Uh, when you begin to think about, does, the, does a 14 year old have the ability? To book a flight to go to an exotic location i don't know about you but i've never been to a private island in the caribbean uh, as a 14 year old i never booked a flight to go out to new mexico to the zorro ranch as much as i would have liked to have gone to a place like that in my fantasies you know as a as a cowboy i couldn't do that so you know when you begin to talk about maxwell's involvement She's like, she's, she's controlling the purse strings. she's controlling uh, the booking, she's controlling the logistics of everything, and that is key here. You know, the term pimp is very accurate with her because she's controlling all of the timetables, the placement of individuals, and not to mention all of the psychological underlying uh, issues here where she's identifying people and manipulating them and making them feel safe in this very, very horrific environment.
0: I'm Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, uh, Dr. Gill, Dr. Teresa Gill, professor of psychology and author, said something at the very beginning of our program about asking the girls their dreams. I don't mean, what did you dream about last night? Take a listen to our cut A4, our friends at Sky News. They called Annie Farmer. She was the fourth and final accuser to testify
3: in this trial and the only one to waive her anonymity. Ms Farmer said she took a trip to Epstein's New Mexico ranch, hoping he might be able to support her going to university. It was there she met Glenn Maxwell. She told the court abuse by Ms Maxwell began with a massage. Miss Farmer said she pulled the sheet down and exposed my breasts and started rubbing my chest and upper breasts. The door to the room was open. I had this sense he could see me. On another occasion, Annie says Epstein crawled into bed with her. I remember being in bed in the morning and Epstein suddenly opening my door and bounding into the room in a playful way and saying he wanted a cuddle, she said. He climbed into bed and pressed his body against me. With Annie Farmer's story, the prosecution rested its case. Wanted a
0: cuddle? Wanted a cuddle? Somebody comes up to one of my children, this age, age 14, jumps in bed with them and wants a cuddle? They're going to be looked at the wrong end of a barrel. I can promise you that. (laughs) To Jackie Howard, you know... Many court watchers are saying, oh, it's bad for the state that it's been three days, hasn't been three days, and it's bad for the state that the jury wants to hear a readback of testimony. I don't agree with that. I don't know exactly what it does mean, but it's neither good nor bad. However, Jackie Howard, if they had wanted to hear testimony, I hope it was that testimony because that testimony makes me sick. So tell me about what they wanted to hear, Jackie. I'm trying to read the tea leaves the way I just discounted that totally. I'm trying to do it. Go ahead.
4: Well, I agree with you, Nancy. It is like trying to read, read the tree leaves because I think one of the things that jury is looking at.
0: Tea leaves, not <laughs> tree <laughs> leaves. I
4: think one of the things that the jury's trying to look at is who is credible in their information here. And that was one of the things that the defense pro- the, the kept hammering on is that the women's stories changed, that they could not keep their stories straight, that they did this for money. Um, one, he accused of doing it to get a U.S. visa. The other thing with the prosecution kept saying, however, is that the women were all used by Ghislaine Maxwell that she used the same playbook Mm -hmm. with each individual victim that she went to. So I also think that the jury is looking at and trying to decide defense or prosecution who is most accurate with what the testimony is of these women.
0: guys how gillaine maxwell can claim she was just a house manager is beyond me based largely on this take a listen to our cut a 14 our friends at sky the jury was handed intimate
3: photographs of jeffrey epstein and Ghislaine maxwell together judging by their changing appearances they seem to have been taken over a period of years the prosecution says they show not only romantic partners but partners in crime They appear on some of the photos like any other loving couple, documenting a life of luxury lived together. A ski trip, a tight embrace, a foot rub on a plane, even a visit it seems to the Queen's Balmoral Estate, pictured in the same spot where Her Majesty has been photographed. These pictures were found on CDs and hard drives seized during a police raid of Epstein's New York mansion, stored inside wardrobes and a safe. The court was also shown this advert, apparently created by Maxwell, calling for a massage therapist. Much of Epstein's abuse centered
0: around massages. Okay, to Wendy Murphy, veteran trial lawyer, weigh in on what you just heard. Well, it's
2: just. It's the kind of narrative in a trial that I like because the bottom line is if the jury's going to find her not guilty, they have to come up with an innocent, plausible, innocent explanation for all of that stuff. And there isn't one. There's just not there's not going to be an alternative explanation. Oh, this was innocent because she was just making $30 million, you know, to to keep the houses clean. She was just befriending these girls because she's a nice person. None of that makes sense. And then, you know, you have this idea that, yes, Epstein might have been the primary bad guy. Um, and yes, the defense theme that she's just being prosecuted because he's dead. Well, the jury's also going to think to itself, that doesn't make her innocent the fact that he can't be prosecuted doesn't mean she's innocent so for me the picture that's been drawn of what she did and the fact that when a jury uses its common sense and is deliberating and discussing all the evidence it's going to think you know it's going to think listen we have to understand what this woman's role was in epstein's life is there a plausible theory for why she was getting paid $30 million, why she was befriending these children, why she was jetting them around the country, uh, and is the plausible explanation that she was an innocent housekeeper and all these girls are lying, that makes no sense. If there were just one victim, if there were just one victim and she had credibility problems, I might say, you know, the defense has a good case or at least a good chance of winning by, by establishing reasonable doubt. When you have four victims, they didn't come together and come up with their stories at the same time. They came separately to law enforcement and they all happen to have the same story about what Ghislaine did as her pattern and practice of conspiring with Epstein. There is no way to find her not guilty, except if you, you know, literally lose your
0: mind and common sense in the jury room. You know what I find particularly cruel, Dr. Gill? And I'm circling back to you because you brought this up. Not, of course, not just the molestations and the rapes, but the mind play. You mentioned that Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell Maxwell would speak to the girls about their dreams. And I played sound for you earlier regarding Annie Farmer, and this is echoed by many of the victims. Farmer said she took a trip to Epstein's New Mexico ranch because she was led to believe he could support her going to university.
5: I think when I was listening to the tapes and reading up on the victim statements, they said it wasn't all sexual abuse. And I think that's also part of the grooming and part of the confusion when you put it on a 14 year old, a 15 year old, a 16 year old, or even somebody in their 20s. But they said, we did other things, it wasn't just sex. And she said sex seven times a day um, that uh, Epstein wanted those quote unquote massages. But they said they also went hiking They did crafts together, they watched TV together, they went snorkeling, they did trips, they bought clothes. Um, So she said it was just like this odd family where you would participate with one another, engage in relationship and rapport, and then be also sexually abused at the same time. So um, it it was confusing for them and um, Epstein and
0: Maxwell were master manipulators. Take a listen to Our Cut 3, Sky. The jury heard from a British woman testifying under the pseudonym
3: Kate. She met Glenn Maxwell, aged 17, at a time in her life, she says, when she was particularly lonely. She claims that Ms. Maxwell then paved the way for her to be abused by Jeffrey Epstein. Kate described meeting Ms. Maxwell. I felt that I had found a new connection that could be really meaningful to me, she said. I was really happy that we had connected and she seemed as excited as I was to have a new friend. She says Ms. Maxwell later encouraged her to give Epstein a massage, which led to a sex act. When asked why she went along with it, Kate said Ms. Maxwell seemed to know everyone. She told me she was friends with Prince
0: Andrew. You know, the the prosecution is disallowed under the law from asking this question, but I'm not. What? if these were your girls and you find out years later that under your watch they were molested. We wait as the jury deliberates. Nancy Gray's Crime Story signing off. Goodbye friend.